0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.
1: Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia.
0: Saturday Night Live with Philly Lieber. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman, Pino, Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hawke, Stern, Sheerton. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Krause of Saturday Night Live. While enjoying our very first labor show on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, please remember to attend the 30th annual Tri-State Labor Day Parade and Family Celebration on Monday Labor Day, starting at 8.30 at the Sheet Metal Workers Local 19 Union Hall in the studio today. The president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, joining us here uh, in the studio live today. And from the Philadelphia Building Trades, the business manager of the building, Philadelphia Building Trades, uh, John Doherty, and of course, J-Doc, uh, Joe Doherty Jr., a.k.a. J-Doc, joining me to uh, my left. Pat, a good uh, a good Saturday evening, sir. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, and it's great to be with you on your uh, maiden voyage, so It's the maiden speak. voyage, oh, yeah. and as J-Doc said uh, in some of the pre-show, uh, in some of the pre-show, We're jumping right into the
0: eye of the hurricane. Listen, I think it's a great time to have this show and looking forward to having a lot of communication with the working people of Philadelphia. Every Saturday night, we're going to be here, and we're
2: going to join you uh, live on Saturday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Jay, Doc, we're going to deal with a lot uh, every Saturday, and we're going to work very, very hard and very methodical uh, in our approach uh, to deliver a message and to challenge those uh, who are to be challenged and and deliver the right message.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't be more excited to be on uh, 1210. Uh, Sir? Certainly a big platform uh, uh, for us to uh, present an insider's look at the Philadelphia Union community from the very top uh, to an audience that uh, doesn't really know us. Uh, Certainly uh, an opportunity for us to uh, get our message out, and I can't wait to do it.
2: Pat I'ding fresh off of a big weekend down in Atlantic. not a big weekend, actually a big couple of days in the beginning of the week uh, down in Atlantic City, set the table for us, I guess, and set the beginning of the show with conversation with what came out of Atlantic City. Well,
3: Joe, we've been doing this for 14 years, but I guess you could say this probably was the most uh, important time we've had to have all the labor people come together in one spot so when you looked across the uh, the room in Atlantic City for the last couple days you saw some representative from every labor union in the city of Philadelphia in some ways outside of the city of Philadelphia in fact some national leaders were there to, uh, to work with us and uh, listen the, the cause of the day is that uh, the labor movement in Philadelphia is alive and well Uh, We're all together, we're all together for common cause and we firmly believe that one person hurt is all persons hurt, whether uh, whether it happens to be a teamster or happens to be a building trades person. We don't really care, and we know know that we have some enemies. Here in Pennsylvania, uh, we got a guy named Scott Wagner that just don't like us. He wants to put us out of business, a man that's made millions and millions of dollars off of municipalities, public work, and uh, now he wants to put people out of business. And uh, he's coming after our governor, Governor Wolf. Uh, who, who quite honestly is, uh, is a real person, he's a, uh, he's a real leader and uh, a smart person, and he's not up there just for political reasons, he's up there because he cares about public schools, he cares about working people,
2: he cares about the state of Pennsylvania. I want to make sure that I just reiterate just to all of our listeners as we begin the show, uh, John Dougherty, as Pat said, the labor community in
0: Philadelphia is alive and well in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think we've always been alive and well in Philadelphia, I don't think we've taken a day off in my 25 years around here. Uh, but again, as you, you know, across the rest of the country, you know, there's been a lot of uh, downside. And as you, the opening of your show said, I think the labor community has to stay together. And we have to change uh, because we'll be extinct if we don't. It's a different environment. And uh, it's one that I think if you had an opportunity to spend any of the last three days with us, you would know that we are alive. You know, Pat Iding, I think, was uh, a little low-key about the amount of people and the significance of the amount of people at his little get-together. It was to talk about the issues of the day. He's been doing it for a better part of 15 years. Uh, we ended up with close to 150 decision-makers in the labor movement in Philadelphia in a room, closed doors for over two hours, with the mayor of Philadelphia, Jim Kenney, and the head of the labor community, Pat Iding sitting together, just having a good old conversation. It was like sitting at grandmom's kitchen table.
3: Uh, and no, no, there were no lectures. It was all talk, all well, great stuff.
0: But some of that talk, Pat, was was
2: very defined, very specific uh, in, in, in terms of, I don't want to say a new direction because I don't know if that's accurate for me to say, but at least in terms of the direction beginning now. Well, I think it's, it's you're right, it's not
3: a new direction, but what it is, it's a new administration uh, we're just going into to Mayor Kenney's second year, but the relationship is one where folks are working together. And uh, stuff that John Doherty's doing with the building trades and we're doing with Philadelphia Works, those kinds of things, <coughs> with the mayor's leadership, uh, is, is about putting people to work, about making sure folks are okay. Listen, we have people up in the state of Pennsylvania that want to take away some of the rights that Philadelphia has. You know, we did uh, paid sick leave here in Philadelphia, uh, in the city of Philadelphia, you got people up in Harrisburg who want to take that right away from the city. We, uh, you know, we 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 put a, a law together along with the city council and the mayor to stop people from stealing people's paychecks and, and and paying them a fair amount of money. They they want to take those things away in Harrisburg because Harrisburg's right wing. What we have here in Philadelphia, as John described, it was a conversation for two hours that was fantastic. Uh, you you talk about comfortable and. John put it right. It could have been my kitchen in Kensington or his in South Philadelphia. That's the kind of conversation we
2: had. And Jay, it was all good. Jay, Doc, let me get you to let me get you to weigh in. You know, on your thoughts. You come at it. You come at it from a different uh, perspective than Pat, and from a di- different perspective from John. Right now, your thoughts.
1: Well, I, I think that uh, <clears throat> takes me back to the day, uh, the Wednesday uh, after the election, the day after. I think now more than ever we need our labor leadership. I think that um, the rank and file union members are looking for leadership, and in the direction that we're going, we're very very thankful and appreciative in the city of Philadelphia that we have leaders like John Doherty and Pat Eiding uh, who are leading the way. And I, I feel extremely good about uh, the opportunities and the solidarity that we have here. So I think, you know, that day, that morning, uh, was a, a surprising and difficult day for a lot of people, but it was very important to get our labor leaders, you know, on the show I- I- that particular day and now and
2: moving forward. It's extremely important. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. We urge... We urge and encourage uh, all of the new listeners who are perhaps tuning into the show tonight for the first time, for the very first time uh, here in Philadelphia. Somewhat historic, uh, I would say, for us to be sitting in the studios at twelve ten, uh, doing this broadcast, uh, and in the eye of the hurricane, Pat, uh, being able to deliver uh, not only a message but a um, but a connection of uniformity uh, in terms of how we're going to proceed and how the labor com- how the labor community. Uh, not only in Philadelphia, but how the labor community in Philadelphia is going to fe- affect the rest of the state.
3: Well, Joe, listen. I, I think J- uh, Joe Joe Doc hit on on a, a tough a type tough spot the day after the election to see the way it went, but. Uh, that's what leadership's about. You're supposed to pick up the pieces and go forward. You know, the stuff that John's doing at the Building Trades and we're doing together at the AFL-CIO, this is about leading. It's about making sure that people are prepared for what's coming, whether it's the Obamacare going to change. I mean, we spent all the dialogue over these last couple days talking about what's going to happen and how we should be prepared for it. And I think that's leadership. I think you can't sit back and moan about who's who's in the White House. And we certainly aren't going to give any grace to this guy Wagner. We're going to we're going to be proactive. We're fighting for our members. We're fighting for all working people. And you'll see folks like John, who's been doing this his whole life. I mean, that's that's what he does. He's still in a neighborhood he grew up in, fighting for those things. That's the kind of leadership we bring here in Philly, and I think we have that same leadership, leadership from the from the mayor.
2: Right on this very radio station, John Doherty, in an interview you did with Dom Giordano, um, you set the table for Dom. You tried to answer point-blank uh, some of the questions that Dom Giordano had for you about the— uh, about
0: the state of the union in Philadelphia. Recap that conversation for us. Well, I actually talked about the building trades directly, and I said that, hey, look, there. You know, in our world, there's quite a few issues where we have common ground with Donald Trump. So that makes people nervous when you even say that, especially you know being a Democrat. But my my interests were uh, solely the building trades interest, and we talked about things like infrastructure, we talked about energy, and we talked about the undocumented worker. And there are three issues that, you know, we have some common ground, and we're looking forward to, you know, proceeding. The one thing that I I, I really appreciate about the politics we're seeing today, you don't have to agree. I don't care how you feel about sanctuary cities, but Jim Kenney is speaking, okay, on the way that he campaigned. There's nothing that he's saying today that he didn't discuss during the campaign. And much to say about President Trump. I mean, there's no surprises there. And I mean, if you take a look at his, you know, his platform, it's exactly what he campaigned on. So you have two people, you know, in different directions. OK, but they they're basically staying to the line that they campaigned on. And and, and that's kind of refreshing, to be honest with you. Pat, you're as president of the as,
2: as president of the AFL-CIO. You've been through uh, many elections in, in 60 seconds. Compare the aftermath or, the f- or, or, or where we are right now following the election of Donald Trump. Well, I mean, listen, I think John's right. If you can we, do it in 60 we seconds. Have,
3: we, I don't know if I can do anything in 60 seconds. Mm. That's it. I was vaccinated with a control needle. Are you kidding me? But for folks who don't know what that is, it plays records. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, we, we have an idea who Donald Trump is. The things that we we probably be a little bit more concerned and, and underlying is the two houses in Washington and the two houses in Pennsylvania. You know they're so far right of center it's hard to tell what they're going to do from one day to the next so as leaders we got to make sure we're
2: prepared you know both proactively
3: and defensively.
2: Live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT it's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we take our first commercial break. Stay with us Delaware Valley we're gonna open your eyes back in a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Krause of Saturday Night Live. While enjoying our very first labor show on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, please remember to attend the 30th Annual Tri-State Labor Day Parade and Family Celebration on Monday Labor Day, starting at 8.30 at the Sheet Metal Workers Local 19 Union Hall. Uh, here with us, the business manager, the Philadelphia Building Trades, John Doherty, and of course, J-Doc, Joe Doc Jr. in the studio. I'm Joe Krause as we broadcast to you uh, live every Saturday now here on WPHT from 7 to 8 p.m. And we hope you'll stay with us uh, as we deal with uh, a lot of conversation, a lot of topics, and a lot of uh, issues Uh, As John mentioned in the opening segment, uh, right to work, while we will not get into that tonight, uh, Missouri adopted a law on Monday allowing workers to avoid paying dues at union workplaces, becoming the 28th right to work state. We'll deal with that as one of the topics uh, and challenge uh, our listeners and at some point invite our listeners to come in uh, and join us uh, as well. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors uh, for serious injuries on a Saturday night uh, in Philadelphia. Pat, back to your original Uh, tee up for us as uh, you started to gather uh, with your annual event down in Atlantic City and you started as you said or as John had mentioned 150 strong uh, labor leaders not 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 people labor leaders decision makers what's the significance of that
3: well I the significance is that we have everybody together when when I got elected 15 years ago uh, I was asked, what, is, what are my goals? And my goals then are the same as they are now, bringing all labor together. Because when all labor is together, there's, th- there's a force that has to be reckoned with when we're together. So when when folks want to try to separate things, for example, paycheck paycheck deception, as we call it, that's going on around the country right here in Pennsylvania, it's a, it's an attack on collective bargaining. And when you attack collective bargaining you 're attacking every union it doesn 't matter what who you represent, what field they work in when you attack collective bargaining and that's their that 's their subtle way of of uh, stepping into right to work and right to work is nothing more than having people not be able to reach the kind of, of wages and benefits that we 've been able to secure. Primarily through the labor movement through the years, but here in Philadelphia, especially because we do work every day. We don't. We don't just work when there's election. We work every day. I mean, when when John's people go out to work, they're they're trying to make sure when they get finished at the top of the Comcast building, they have another job to go to because they work themselves out of a job every day. But they also know that when somebody is doing something with the p- public sector that is a direct attack on on collective bargaining. They got to step up and make sure it doesn't happen to them because the private sector's the next in line. There's, 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 there's no separating us. Labor's labor.
2: J doc. Let me ask you. Let me get you to weigh in here. Why don't people get it? Why don't they understand it? Why do they well, resist it? I don't.
1: Under, I don't. I don't understand it. I'll tell you why. Uh, a lot of, um, you know. Members of the general public don't understand. You're talking about terms like right to work and pay tech, paycheck protection. Sounds like something that everybody should have, right? They're deceptive terms created to to, to deceive people to thinking that, hey, who would ever be for against paycheck uh, the protection? We call it paycheck deception uh and and right to work what right to work is really means is right to work for less so the general public doesn't understand because uh they were these are terms that were created to deceive them and so the, most of them don't understand that the fact the fact of the matter is is a race to the bottom and 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 you're fighting to lower your own wages by by supporting them
2: john right to work doesn't mean right to have a job doesn't mean it
0: doesn't mean you get a job is that a misconception yeah it is a misconception and that's the good reason you're having to show here because you know if you you on, under a normal day, when you, you you say what's right to work, it would take about twelve hours to actually explain to it. But it, again, it's it's right to work for less. And uh, you know, the people in Philadelphia over the next few weeks will really get to hear you know statistics and the buzzwords that go with that. And I'm looking forward to having this opportunity to to let people know that basically it's just a right to work for less.
2: Pat, you know, and and and, and you know, I always try and in in or in your experiences with me, I always try and understand and process and many times I'll ask the listening audience not while they're driving and listening to the car, but I'll ask people to close their eyes and reflect for a minute on what you think, what you're thinking about and I still when I put it in that perspective, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why as an individual, as a member of the middle class, why whether you're a union whether whether you're in a union or not, why would you not see all of that positive? Joe,
3: first of all, and we've had these discussions before, much of it is fear. I mean, if, if folks, if they have a job making a little bit of money, they're afraid to try to get more money because they're afraid they're going to lose their job and be out of work completely. There's fear all over. There's, in this last election, uh, many of our members across the state of Pennsylvania and other places voted for Donald Trump because he promised them things that, quite honestly, they're not going to see those minds open up again. But the, the leap of faith that they have is they've been, they've, been, they've been pushed back for a long, long time. In certain areas, everybody don't have it like we have it here in Philadelphia, where we, you, know, you see, you see the, the compassion from the labor leaders, you see the, the rank and file who listen and get involved for other people's problems. That's not always the case when you get out in some outlining areas. I mean, listen, we have relatives in shimokin Pennsylvania. I remember shimokin when I was a kid. It was a town. There was a department store. There was a a movie theater. It was a a 5 and 10. Shemokin's a ghost town. So when you say to those people, I'm going to give you a job, and I'm going to make this whole world, it's like taking people to the mountain. And the sad part about it is they're believing it because they're scared. They're hurting. There's a lot of reasons. And so that's why it's more important for, for cities like Philadelphia that have a way to work together to get things done. And I'm talking about some good employers, too. There's some good things that happen here, you know and you may agree or disagree with Jerry Sweeney from Brandywine he's thinking about the city and and so he's thinking like we are we're thinking about if we do something with the city we get more people to work we get people to work that haven't been able to get a job for a long time so our thinking is a little different than outside the city and you could see that obviously from the election you know the folks in the city of Philadelphia voted very strongly for the democratic candidate but they're scared I mean a lot of people are scared and and they add to that fear when they, talk, when they start just pumping the fear side of it and so listen, we have a we have a tremendous job ahead of us. People look at Obamacare and there's 17,000 ways to look at it. Here's the way I look at it. There's almost 200,000 jobs in Pennsylvania alone that'll be lost if Obamacare goes down with nothing to replace it. And uh, aside from the fact that uh, we I'm very fortunate and have been very fortunate in my in my role with the uh, building trades and and uh, Local 14 have great health care, but I have to look down the line. I have some cousins, some nephews, some neighbors they, they rely on us. Some older people who need the money with their Medicare for their, con- you know, their, their, their major med things. And so it, they're scared. And that's part of the reason they don't really buy into the fact that we can do better if we stick together.
2: Two days into two, two or three days after President Trump uh, went through his inauguration, John um, he invited members of the building trades uh, to come to the uh, come to the White House and and sit down and have a meeting. Now I don't ever remember in eight years of President Obama uh, having anybody from uh, the building trades or from the community coming together and having
0: that meeting. What's the significance of that? Well, you hit it on the head. You know, eight years prior to that, the national building trades were never invited in to the White House. As a whole. You know, there when they had the healthcare conversation, they got brought in to talk about the Cadillac tax because it directly related to most of their plans. But other than that, there wasn't a conversation. So it is significant. And it's significant because the topics of conversation were things that employ our people on a regular basis. We have three thousand men and women working up at the Marcus Hook site for floor construction, working around the clock. And I would say half of them are Philadelphia residents working in Marcus Hook. They're doing tremendous. I mean, if you ask anybody who understands the energy industry, the project is outproducing the expectations. It's completely safe. Two minor accidents after 3.5 million hours of work. And the statistics that they use in that industry for the quality of work is 99.3. So it's almost a perfect installation. So there's a lot of that. We're just lucky in Philly, but we have that opportunity all over the country.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Krause of Saturday Night Live. While enjoying our very first labor show on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, please remember to attend the 30th annual Tri-State Labor Day Parade and Family Celebration on Monday Labor Day, starting at 8.30 at the Sheet Metal Workers Local 19 Union Hall. Our host tonight, uh, the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Iding. Uh, from the Philadelphia Building Trades, business manager John Doherty, Jay Duck in the studio, along with Krause. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors uh, for serious injuries. Listen every Saturday night
0: live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Yeah, yes, why we, you know, we're excited about being invited into the White House. I mean, the votes for President uh, Trump were a rejection of what the status quo. I mean, and when you take a look at it, the two-party system was also in question. Uh, if you take a look at us, that in the labor movement, and you look across the country, I mean, health care contributions have been going up, and uh, people, the work wages have been stagnant, and people have been out of work. So, you know, that's why they voted in their own pocketbook, or for their own pocketbook. And uh, today, I think when you have the conversation with the working-to-stay middle class or used-to-be middle class family, they say all they want to do is go to work. And the cultural liberalism, as I describe it, You know, has dominated the conversation. They wanted conversation about opportunities to go to work, so the issues like energy, like infrastructure, create tons of jobs. So that's kind of motivated our people to pay attention. Again, I don't, you know, I don't consider myself a a politician. I know you might find that humorous. I consider myself a labor leader. I do politics because it works. Well, politics hasn't really worked for the building trades over the most recent years. You know, and again, that's why I appreciate, you know, what. President Eiding's been doing over the last few weeks. is trying to keep the labor commu- uh, community you know, focused on, on the issues that affect us all and not the ones that separate us. But there's always going to be that difference of opinion between the public and private unions. And again, the building trades, and, that, and that's who I represent. I'm the business manager of the Philadelphia Building Trades. And I'm going to stay in our lane. And in our lane, I can go as fast as I want. I only get car crashes when I go in other people's lanes. So again, <laughs> we're looking forward to like having conversation about this and again, we understand that, you know, cultural liberalism, them issues. And again, I'm comfortable talking about that. The whole world knows, okay, I'm a labor leader by trade, okay, my wife had cranial surgery basically using stem cell, my oldest daughter is gay, and my youngest kid, you know, buried her parents to opioid issues. So I, I check all them liberal boxes. So I'm comfortable and understand the magnitude of the liberal concerns. But again, for, for Joe Average, the guy that was invited in through his international president, They want to go to work. They want to get a raise. They want to guarantee their health care. They want to retire with a pension fund. And when you're not working, you don't get that. And if you take a look, you take a look at the union worker, the union wage, it runs parallel to what used to be the middle class. So I guess, you know, some people are looking at this and saying, hey, we got an opportunity. In fact, this is the weakest the Democratic Party has been since 1928 based on control of governorships, control of the houses, things along M-lines. So obviously something's broke. Again, I made a couple com- uh, comments on some of the shows. No, if I was a congressman, or a, I would not have voted for Nancy Pelosi. Okay, I would have tried to make a change because, you know, the status quo doesn't seem to be working. I think that when you make change, you need to make change over a period of time. You just can't make change for that moment. And again, I, I would go a little bit younger. You know, I'm, I'm on maybe my fourth or fifth set of business reps and, and personnel since I've been at Local 98. No, and we've grown each year. But I don't think we would have grown if we didn't have some fresh new ideas and we didn't make them changes. And you also got to listen. So the question will be to see if President Trump listens, to see if he cooperates or he lives up to some of the commitments that he made in them first couple days when he brought our people into the White House.
3: Listen, Joe, one of the things that I think covers covers a multitude of sins and, and, and answers is it's about folks having an opportunity to work have a decent wage, have some benefits, and so that covers everybody. And listen, I come from the building trade, so there's a, there's a whole lot I can relate all over the spectrum. It it, it doesn't narrow it down for me. I do know darn right well that if we build buildings, there'll be jobs in those buildings afterwards. I know that if we bring the pipeline and gas here into, into the Philadelphia area, there'll be manufacturing coming here and be, they'll either take old buildings and, and build them over or, or they'll take new buildings and build them. So there'll be jobs in construction, there'll be jobs for people to go to work. Listen, we focus all the time on different things that we that are negatives. Look at the positive. The, you know, the governor brought $300 million down here for these ports. You know how many jobs can be at those ports? Good jobs for building the ports, great jobs for working in the ports. Look at the shipyard. You know we we have opportunity upon opportunity. So we work together as as for working people. And I don't differentiate from building trades to teamsters to anybody else. They come to my they come to my office and they have a problem. We're going to see if we can fix it. But the ultimate is let's get everybody working with decent wages and benefits and and stop some of those folks that don't care about working people who want to take some of those things
2: away. The, nis- the disconnect, Jay Doc, is everybody doesn't share. That thought—it's great feeling. I mean, it's, it's it's great thought. I think it's the right thought. Well, the ex-
1: The interesting thing is, uh, so I listen to the John and Pat, and it takes me to the uh, conversation we had with President Bloomingdale the day after the election when he said, uh, and and I thought that was a, a really poignant conversation. That was a really poignant day because everybody, like I said, was looking for leadership. And what 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 uh, President Rick Bloomingdale said of the PA uh, AFL CIO was, labor's not a political party labor labor you know obviously that you know there are some things that are broken and we have to you know we have to um go and 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 take a leadership role. Uh, but at the end of the day, labor uh, has to support those who support working people. And like Pat says, and he said it a hundred times, Democrats, Republicans, um, you know, uh, people in unions, people not in unions. One thing people who are not in unions don't understand is that the union uh, leadership is not only fighting for, the, for, for their membership, but they're also fighting for all workers. So Pat has said that many times and uh, you know, no question. I think that's where we got to go in the future.
2: In Pennsylvania, I'll we'll ask you to react to this. Pat, John, you can re- both react to this. In Pennsylvania, as in most states, an employee without a contract for a specific term of employment is deemed an at-will employee. Not a revelation, but it's a reality that I don't believe most people understand. They don't understand what that means. Well, uh,
3: unfortunately, the folks who are under that don't understand it, and until something happens to them or somebody associated with them, that uh, some employer or somebody come in on the wrong side of the, got up on the wrong side of the bed and decides to fire somebody. There's no place to go. It's at will means that you're working at the will of that company. When they want you, they want you. If they don't, they don't. So subsequently, we have a lot of folks come to the House of Labor that aren't part of a labor union. Ask them what can they do. Because there's really not a whole lot to offer yourself if you're working at will. Now, listen, you still have to go to work. I mean, and you know, you'll be signing documents. There's usually a uh, there's usually a, a a book that you wind up reading with the HR person and signing it. Uh, HR in itself is uh, is supposed to be there for the employees, but it's not. So, you know, the, the, when, you, when you start talking about, and when the folks out there are listening about right to work and, and the things we champion, it's for them too, and you know, listen, everybody doesn't necessarily want to have a union. You know, I, can, I could tell you companies across this country that have been treated well, their workers don't want a union. We've talked to them, they don't want to have a union. That's God, God bless them, as long as they're, but they all have to remember, is the day that the guy comes in or the lady comes in and don't like the way you're talking or the way you're looking, and they say, you're done, you're fired, where do you go? So that's at will. And it's more severe than people realize. And they don't, until you, in fact, you said it well, Joe, you did it with that deep voice, which is kind of the, the connotation I think at will gives you when you think about
0: it. Yeah, when you take a look at the rules, I mean, we have problems right now. There's abuses run rampant in the industry. Okay, when you, I mean, there's no enforcement of the rules that are in place, and that's for union or non-union. So uh, I can tell you a story that you It might find humorous, but it's also very sad. You know, one day I'm coming home from a meeting up at Temple and I stop by a multifamily unit that's going up and there's a gentleman, you know, burning some pipe. So I lean over and I'm watching the pipe bounce off his skin as they burn it. And I lean down and then I realize he spoke no English. And I know the site well. I know the people that own it. I know the contractor on the site. So then I threw a fit. And I couldn't communicate because he spoke no English. So they immediately went and put one of the welding uh, shields on them which was probably about a hundred pounds so I was happy for the moment I made some proper inquiries I stopped and talked to the owner I came back like three three hours later this same gentleman was walking around with that mask on a hundred and fifty pounds or so on his head because he had no idea what it was supposed to be used for he had no idea if he was supposed to take it off when he was done burning just somebody said put this on so I mean you're looking through the fence, you're kind of chuckling, and then you're, you're catching yourself and say, wow, man, that's really sad. Okay, we, we can tell you over the next few weeks, and that's why this will be a nice opportunity to give you actual specifics so people understand. This isn't a union, non-union problem. This is a union, non-human problem. The, the greed's so big out there that we're going to be able to point jobs out specifically. You know, I, I've video I've sent to the proper agencies over the years. You know, OSHA's coming in one door and 100 people running out the back. About 20th in market. You know, it's been in the news for the last six, eight weeks, the trial. You know, you're talking about everybody. One thing people know is that the day that the building collapsed, about 15 people ran off that site and down that subway. No one's talked about them through the whole trial. Okay, I guarantee you Okay, there were 10 or 12 or 15 people moving dirt and bricks in there. That were probably people okay that spoke little to th- no English had no documentation, okay, and and I had stopped on that job prior to that accident. One
1: of the things I'm going to say about how proud I'm of of this show is that uh, obviously we want to present an insider's look at the Philadelphia Union community, but we're also going to debunk the myths and and the misunderstandings about labor. I mean, people who think they, like I said at the beginning of the show, people who think they, they know labor or they have an opinion, they don't. Tune into the show. Uh, you can't, you, and you get it from the top. You got Pat Iding and John Doherty on, live on the air. It just doesn't get any better than that.
3: Joe, I'd like to follow up a little bit of what John was talking about because I think it's a it's a it's a serious issue that uh, we don't openly talk about it or not. And one of our workshops, quite honestly, was about immigrants. And and what what I look the way I look at it is that those employers are taking advantage of these people all the time because they can. And uh, I, I believe that anybody who's working needs to have some sort of representation. And so that would be my goal. And, and you know, you th- and I, listen, I don't mind mentioning names. I, I looked through the years at Toll Brothers and Toll Brothers had an article in the Philadelphia Inquirer many years ago bragging about the fact that they build their houses using immigrant workers for seven, $8 an hour and, and a lead person getting 12. And then they turn around, there's not a house Toll Brothers makes you can get for less than a half a million dollars. So where did that money go? Oh, by the way, one quarter he only made fifty million dollars, Mister Toll. So that's who the guilty parts are. People are here. It's not the immigrants themselves, and it's not the folks that are that are you know, hollering about them. It's the fact that they're getting away with having these folks work for nothing, and they're taking other people's jobs away. If we make, if we represent the immigrant workers and get them up where they are, then you got fair competition. They're, 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 we don't have a problem with that. But you can't have these employers getting away with what they're doing and not have some say about it. So I think we need to talk about it publicly. Too many times we don't say enough.
0: Look, I was starting to get worried that I just became old, that I was going to spend my Saturday nights with you three guys. But if if we're going to have conversations like that, I'm going to be here every Saturday. That's right. If we're going to start talking about the people in town that make a boatload of money and make a few donations here and there and think that they're going to heaven, I'm in. Let's have a conversation about all the rules and the ways people are violated and how we can get a middle class again. Let's talk about how these baseball fields, you know, we've kept grass on for years. Let's talk about all these guys that coach the little leagues. Let's talk about the people who take the collections up on the weekends. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's let's get, you know, into the heart of of what the labor movement does and what it stands for and why we need it. Okay, I think right now is a perfect time to have this show. I think it's a perfect time to have this conversation. And I don't think we can just sit here and give words out like write the work and then give the definition of what we think it is. I think we have to talk about the examples. And again, I think that right now, we've proved, Donald Trump's proved that people want to hear what's on the tip of your tongue. And I'm pretty good at that. You know, it's funny. Pat mentioned Scott Wagner, right? You know, the son of the, the
1: rough state. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about names. And let me say this. I can understand why Scott cares so much about Philadelphia. A right, uh, He's a right-wing upstater who probably been to Philadelphia three times his entire life, driving through uh, one way or the other. But my, my point is, um, what we're what we're going to do is, you know, we're going to talk about the issues. We're going to talk about what, like what John just said. We're going to talk about the who's and the why's. And, uh, you know, you talk about these individuals that are making all this money. They're not, sh- you know— uh, They're not sharing it with those individuals. That's the thing. They'll underbid a a union contractor, uh, you know, by, let's just give an example, by $10,000, and they're not, but they're not sharing uh, the wealth with those individuals. Uh, You know, what we do in, in, in the labor movement is fight for a living wage and organize and collectively bargain for those who can't bargain for themselves. And so I'm ecstatic to get into those topics and, and to educate people and really talk about the hard issues and the situations that are going on and, around town. Joe,
3: you can't really talk about those issues without some politics. And, and you know, the, the, the thing with a guy like Scott Wagner it's you know, he even goes after his own people. Listen, we as John said, we've said it a couple of times, we're not Republicans or Democrats. We're labor leaders. We represent working people. But this guy, Scott Wagner, goes after his own party. I mean, you know, Dominic Pelleggi was a person who was a friend of ours. I mean, he didn't agree with everything we did, but he cared about working people. And he's a judge now instead of a state senator because Scott Wagner went after him. So when folks are listening to us, understand it's not just labor that has a problem with Scott Wagner. There's a lot of people. This guy has a lot of money, and he uses it in a very mean, mean way. And he doesn't care about people. And he'll he'll put people against each other in any way he can. And, you know, so what we have to do in the labor movement and working people, I hope, just stay friends with those folks that that, that represent our working people. Let's make sure we try to protect them when they try to protect us. And the people that come after us, let's get ready to fight.
0: I just think that, you know, 1210, social media, that's the future for the labor movement. I think that we need to converse about all the issues, okay, out there. Some are going to be social. Some are going to be hardcore business. And I think that the conversation has to be deeper than, than again, you know, the labor guys are too expensive or they don't hire kids from this neighborhood. That's what you hear. We, we're so involved with the aspect of the, the core of Philadelphia. You take a look at half the investments, you know, half the hotels in town, the high-rises going on from Fifth and Walnut. You've heard me talk about Market Street East. You wouldn't have Chestnut Street. You wouldn't have the convention center boom. You wouldn't have the gallery growth without the labor movement investing their money initially. If you take a look all over the city of Philadelphia, our fingerprints are everybody, uh, every place. We've just done a bad job at letting people know. We're, we're going to start changing that every Saturday night. I've often had, and I've often said this to
2: Jay, Doc, and Pat, and uh, certainly I know you, you. You get the feeling or the vibe from me, John. Um, I stand in awe. I stand in amazement when. Um, the Pope is scheduled to come in and visit Philadelphia. Uh, and I watch what is assembled and what is put together. When the DNC is coming into the Wells Fargo Center and invading Philadelphia in the masses that they do, and I watch how that is put together and what is done and everything that happens and how it's executed, uh, to perfection, I've always believed to be uh, a real tribute, uh, to. Union labor to well train a well trained workforce and to guys that hold and, and that hold themselves accountable. I'm, I don't want to ramble because we only have two minutes left. No,
1: but I mean we talked to plenty of times about our apprentice programs. And, and 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 how labor invests in its workers and its workforce. And those uh, you, you talk you drive down the parkway those those big uh, structures come up and down over the weekend, man and it's impressive and, and it gets done by union labor and it's awesome.
2: 60 seconds to recap everything before I check before I check out and say goodbye, Pat. I'll start with you.
3: Well, listen. I just the uh, the theme of this show is fantastic. Uh, the fact that John and I are sitting here side by side tells you that every phase of the labor movement is going in the right direction. I gotta get a picture of that, Come by on. the way. But the <laughs>
2: but the windows behind you might distort a little bit. Oh,
3: <laughs> no, no, no. It's a good picture. It's not a bad picture. Good at picture. All. We'll no take doubt. that picture anywhere down the street. We'll walk together with anything they want to do about it. the city of Philadelphia.
0: John, easiest way to forget where you never came from is to never move. The labor movement is still in Philadelphia. The reason Philadelphia is by every magazine and every internet says one of the top three places to visit. It's been built 100% by union workers and 90% of the places are maintained by union workers. There's not a show. There's, not, as you said, the papal visit, the DNC, the NFL draft. The reason they come to town is because we've got great restaurants, great people, but we also have the ability to put these things up and take them down real quick. Well said.
2: For our inaugural show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.